So is a recession coming? Not the technical one that apparently wasn't a real one, but could things be getting worse? The US ISM manufacturing came in weaker than last month with quite a drop in new orders, a big fall in German retail sales as well, and confirmation of the slowdown in Chinese manufacturing as well. The RBA seems set to lift rates again, maybe 50 basis points, maybe a bit less, maybe a bit more. And uh, we know as well that they're going to revise their inflation forecasts as well. And another risk today, will Nancy Pelosi touch down in Taiwan? And if so, what will China do about it? It's Tuesday, the 2nd of August, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, big moves in oil today. WTI losing almost 4.9% down to 93.80 a barrel, a 3.9% fall in Brent. Dutch gas futures have pushed a little higher, and they seem set now to be sticking around the uh, 200 euro mark. The US dollar down 0.4% on the DXY. The euro up a third of 1%. The yen up 1.2%. The Aussie dollar almost 0.6% up and uh, quite a bit above 70 US cents now. And the pound gaining 0.7%. Bond yields generally down again. 10-year Treasury yields down 5 basis points. 10-year bond yields down 4 basis points. 10-year gilts are down 6. Italian 10-year bond yields down 13 basis points to 2.87%. That is 46 basis points down in three days, if we ignore the weekend, obviously. Ahead of the RBA, Aussie uh, 10-year yield stuck at 3.05%. Little movement, in fact, across the yield curve in Australia. US equities, uh, a touch of caution at last, but not that much. Uh, we've got a 0.3% fall in the S&P 500, 0.1% off the Dow, and a 0.2% drop in the NASDAQ. Uh, pretty choppy, actually, uh, US equities today. Minor falls in Europe as well, except for a 0.9% drop in Spain. Perhaps the biggest news over the last 24 hours is that the first ship with grain exports has made it out of Odessa in Ukraine, avoiding all those uh, all those uh, mines in the water. Rodrigo Catrill joins me this morning from NAB in Sydney. I mean, this could help bring down global food prices, uh, perhaps. But of course, you know, there's no guarantee that Vladimir Putin, I mean, he's letting them out now, but he won't uh, change direction, change his mind and uh, just stop it at short notice. I mean, we, we just don't know, do we? <laughs> the morning, Phil. No, there's no guarantee. Uh, but I suppose it, it is good news in the sense that we we finally seen this happening. Um, the, uh, Russia has certainly not make it make it easy. So um, it's it is a positive. What, what is unclear to to your point is that we don't know what sort of levels and magnitude we're talking. And and uh, and of course, the the war is still raging on, and Russia is still determined on on trying to really capture the whole of the eastern side of Ukraine. And, and in a sense, controlled that, that trade uh, quite significantly. So um, it's still very precarious, but it's certainly good news in what has been, you know, terrible, terrible outcome in, in Europe. Yeah, well, we've not seen massive changes in uh, in food prices so far. I mean, I think uh, prices are down a bit today for wheat, but they are already well below where they were in May. So they're coming down anyway. So we'll see what uh, what happens next on that. And look, we've got a move down in equities. Maybe they've got the message at long last that, uh, you know, there's, there's going to be some, some discomfort. And even though uh, we are seeing a slowdown, the Fed is not going to stop easing off on rate hikes. Uh, and of course, we've seen that that slowdown uh, with the the slower manufacturing growth in the United States with the uh, with the ISM numbers. Well, you know, uh, this is one of those classic days where it's really kind of valuable to look at the intraday pricing uh, or particular of equities because you look at the numbers and it looks almost like they've been treading water, uh, but yet you know it's been quite volatile. Uh, you know, we saw the Nasdaq drop one uh, percent, then it gained uh, up to one and a half percent, and then it's now down. Um, 
down a little, uh, but uh, but but it's 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 just volatile. And and one one of the reasons is you know this flow of data that is not just coming from the US but also Europe and China, yeah. which is highlighting that you know we are slowing down. Yeah. Um, and there and then of course there's that uncertainty around whether you know Pelosi will be visiting Taiwan and and the reaction that we may see from China as well. So so that um, it is actually interesting. Yeah, so, so and with this slowdown, is it because it, the slowdown is happening as you say? We're we're seeing it. So the Kaiser PMIs in China that sort of gave us the confirmation, didn't it, today that uh, you know China is slowing as well. Uh, and then, yeah, the ISMs indicating. So, and then also we saw retail sales down in in Germany, quite a chunk as well. We'll come on to that. But all of those, put all of those together, and economies are slowing, and yet we still have a lot more for the Fed to do. And we're not seeing inflation slowing yet. So, no wonder markets are starting to get a bit concerned. Well, I mean, are they? I mean, you, you look at the equity market; they're only down a few basis points. It's not. It's not like the market, the equity market, yeah. is super concerned about this. But uh, certainly, you look at the um, the bond yields, and, and you've seen a, a decent move lower in, in longer dated U.S. Treasury yields, which I think are, are more reflective of that concern of the slowdown and uncertainty. And when you look at currencies, uh, you know the dollar is weaker, but the, the yen is stronger, uh, but not necessarily reflecting that sort of say heaven demand. It's more a reflection of, of sort of that big move lower that we've seen in, in U.S. Treasury yields in the long end of the curve. So um, I'm not sure markets are yet reflecting that concern. Um, the, the Pelosi uncertainty in Taiwan is it could be a huge, huge risk off event, but, but we don't know yet how that's going to play out. Um, and then the details of the ISM, it's probably fair to say we're not as bad as expected. Uh, whilst the ISM was weaker, it wasn't weaker as expected. Uh, but when you look at the details of it, it's, it is a reflection of a slowdown. We've seen huge uh, declines in new mm. orders, for instance, uh, that now are in contraction yeah. mode for the second month. Um, we also seen... Um, what is quite interesting, the inventories uh, have rose, have risen, uh, um, and I think it's the highest since 1984. And again, suggesting that stockpiles are mounting. Uh, and very interesting as well, we've seen a, a huge decline in, in, in prices, uh, which plunged uh, 18 and a half points to the levels, to the lowest levels in two years. So it is, it is uh, I mean, the, the details of the ISM, that, that suggests that the, the US economy is slowing, or at least the manufacturing sector is slowing. Um, which is important because to some extent, you know, this is what the Fed wants. The Fed wants uh, the economy to slow down, given that we have these huge inflationary pressures. Uh, and I suppose it keeps the market guessing whether mm. um, the Fed needs to keep going or, or whether, you know, they can afford to maybe slow down a little bit. It's interesting how in those ISM numbers, employment is creeping up. So it's gone from 47.3 to 49.9. So it's still in contraction territory, but only just. I mean, it, you know, could easily be just two points higher and then it, it's expanding. So, But 47.3 is quite a bit below 50. So could that be part of the reason for the slowdown in manufacturing that there's actually not enough of the right people out there to to do the work or am i i just overrating this a little bit well no no i think you're right it is possible also we've got to remember the manufacturing sector is not the biggest employer in the u.s the services sector is by far the biggest employer um, um and then if anything you know in terms of sort of the rationale from central banks not just the fed but other central banks 
you know, weakness in the economy also needs to be seen in, in slackness in the labor market. And at the moment, we're not seeing that. Uh, and in fact, you know, we're getting non-farm payrolls on, on Friday and, and expectations are for still to, to show a decent increase in job creation. So mm. uh, at the moment, we, we're not there yet where we're seeing weakness in the labor market, which is a, a necessary um, requirement, if you like, for, for central banks to feel comfortable that their policy is, is proven to be effective. And uh, look, we get the JOLTS numbers, don't we, of course, as well, coming up later on today uh, in the United States. Now, uh, you know, it will be interesting to see uh, whether that moves. Uh, I mean, still very huge, isn't it, the number of job openings? And obviously that was part of why Jerome Powell uh, gave the reason that they were going to move uh, more sharply uh, because there's clearly a, a tight labour market. So we'll see whether there's any significant shift in that today. But look, those uh, those retail numbers that we, we've seen out of uh, out of Germany, they were quite a big move down, weren't they? 1.6% down month on month in June and 8.8% down year on year. This is the worst result since 1950. And this is before, you know, winter kicks in and uh, we start to see those fuel shortages happening. Although, you know, maybe that will be the reason for a retail recovery because everyone's got to go out and buy thick woolly jumpers. <laughs> There's a possibility, yes. Um, I, I suppose, uh, you know, what, what we're seeing here is, is just a reflection of, of what is actually going on, what we think is going on in, in Europe and, and Germany in particular, that um, we, we remain quite concerned about the outlook for the European economy. Um, and in particular, we've got to remember Germany is as the center of this, not only because it's the big economy, but also because it's facing the biggest challenge in terms of that uh, energy crunch that is coming from, from you know, the Russia tensions um, and uh, and our sense is that we we need to be ready for for more of the same to come um, mm. um, but um, certainly it is an eye-opener we have to also caution that retail sales can be quite volatile but it does kind of point to the idea that the q2 number may well be revised because these readings were for june uh, so we might see a yeah. lower revision to, yeah. to the gdp reading um, and it also we got to remember we haven't yet you know Winter hasn't, hasn't arrived yet, so yeah. it's all yeah. uncertainty around energy is still very, very uh, major concern. So all of this, you know, talk about an impending recession in, you know, perhaps in many parts of the world uh, and how perhaps equity investors haven't got the memo yet. It looks like uh, bond markets have, though. So the 210 yield spread is now more than 30 basis points. This is the, the most inverted it's been since the year 2000. That has to be telling us something, doesn't it? It has to be telling us something. One, that the, the pricing of, of the slow, then, if you like, is a reflection of the move lower in the back end. Uh, and I think the market is also starting to, to realize that maybe this imminent pivot from the Fed uh, is not, it's not going to be as imminent as, as might be expected. Um, you know, we, we still, you know, the PCs confirmed last week that the inflation is still elevated and I'm not showing signs of easing in, in the U.S., um, and the labor market still remains pretty buoyant. So um, Fed speakers from here will also be important. Everybody's talking about the data, but it's important to, to see what yeah. key Fed speakers say uh, in that regard, because uh, the fight against inflation, we think, is only just beginning. And therefore, it, w- it would be too too soon for, for the Fed to, to take its foot off the pedal there. And the falls in oil uh, that we're seeing today, presumably that is also a reflection that uh, demand is starting to ease as we saw out of those those PMIs and that weaker production we're seeing out of China. I mean that has to be another indication, doesn't it, that there's a concern about a about a slowdown. 
And, uh, you know, this is ahead of, or maybe it's just a reflection of the fact that OPEC is meeting and, uh, you know, there's an expectation that uh, they're meeting on Wednesday that they're actually not going to do too much. They're going to keep supplies pretty much where they where they are. And, uh, uh, you know, they're actually having difficulty meeting the targets they've got now, aren't they? Yes. No, uh, our sense is that uh, for now, we, we don't expect any major news coming from OPEC. And, and as you say, the, the decline in oil prices, I think, is a reflection of that concern of, of a slowdown in the global economy and with, with the China numbers in particular playing a, a big part in that. And th- that meeting on Wednesday, by the way, that is uh, uh, OPEC plus. So Russia is going to be there. The OPEC Secretary General has uh, said, you know, that Russia has to be because they are an influential player and OPEC is not in competition with them. Uh, they are OPEC's allies, the, the Russians. So there we are. Well, at least we understand now the way the world works. It's not nothing to do with democracy. Uh, it's oil that runs the world. Why should that be any surprise to us? That's why Chevron and Exxon have just posted record profits, of course. Now, look, talking about politics, uh, what is China going to do? Uh, Nancy Pelosi uh, possibly is going to visit Taiwan as soon as today. And uh, China is indicating that if she does, there'll be some sort of military response. They've said uh, the army won't sit idly by. Uh, And of course, you know, President Xi is not going to want to look weak because uh, his term is up for renewal at the uh, 20th Party Congress in in a few months. So he's going to want to do something. But I wonder, really, what can they do? I mean, they'll they'll you know take their fighter aircraft into Taiwanese airspace, you know, for for a show of force. But is it going to be any more than that? Uh, I mean, because if it is any more than that, then that's a that's a bit scary. But it, it seems unlikely, doesn't it? Well, that, that's the, the the big question, right? Uh, uh, in terms of for one, there's still speculation whether Pelosi will actually be going. But the, there's a general sort of sense, that, particularly coming from the media in in Taiwan, that she will be arriving today. Um, and two, as you say, the threats coming from from China. Uh, the White House is saying, well, there's no reason for, for Beijing to, to make this a big, a big issue. Um, it's just, you know, it's just a visit. And, and, and from the U.S. side as well, uh, they also need to be seen as strong. And, you know, yeah. this is the problem with the whole tension here is that uh, if either of them backs down, it's not going to be a good look. So, so it, it looks like Pelosi will have to go now because otherwise it, it, it will make the U.S. look bad. Um, yeah. But at the same time, the big question is, okay, we, we know that China now is threatening with some sort of action. We just don't know what. And looking at history, you know, as you say, there's that general sense that they will send some warplanes and they will fly around. Um, but as long as they don't shoot at anything, then I suppose that that's okay. <laughs> if they do, yeah. Uh, anyway, look, Nancy, just don't do it because there's enough going on in the world, isn't there? Look, the RBA today, uh, we talked a lot about it yesterday. Uh, markets are still pricing in a bit below 50 basis points, I think, aren't they? And, uh, of course, we get new forecasts as well this week. What what are we going to see change in them? Well, yeah, so in terms of pricing and expectations, I think there's, you know, economists, um, pretty much all of them, uh, I think it's 19 out of 20 expect a 50 basis point hike. And as you said, the price, the market now is around 44 basis point price for uh, for a hike, so pretty much um, almost widely expected that a 50 basis point will be in. Um, now, the interesting thing is that we had the Treasury last week, and the Treasury, we know that the Treasury and the RBA speak to each other quite often, and um, in his economic updates, uh, he talked about inflation peaking at 7.75, which is a lot higher than yeah, what the RBA yeah. was saying. So is the RBA, RBA is at seven. So are they going to lift their forecast to, to match the Well, we uh, the think treasure? they will. And, and, and so that will be one one thing to, to look out for. And, and as you said, in the statement on Tuesday, we often get a bit of a hint of what to expect uh, from the S&P on Friday. 
uh, in terms of the forecast. Now, the other one, which will be important, which is something that Tapas has been emphasizing quite a lot, is that um, you know, if if the if the RBA is, is looking to go into restrictive mode, and, and if the RBA is also concerned that inflation is going to be higher, then uh, one component, if you like, in terms of the forecast, will be the need to show weakness in the labour market, and and in the latest forecast, we didn't see that. Um, so that will be an important yeah. factor as well in terms of saying, well. We expect inflation to be higher. We're going to have to potentially go above restrictive mode. So that potentially means, you know, above 3%. Uh, so that again will be important. And also what will be important is, is what is the outlook for, for the labor market? Um, in particular as well, because, yeah. you know, we got to remember that wage pressures are, are seen as sort of a component of a core driver of inflation. And if those wage pressures are expected to increase, then inflation is not going to be coming down very quickly. Uh, so that would be important. Yeah, and we get uh, new loan and building approvals uh, for Australia as well. This morning, UK house prices plus the uh, manufacturing PMI for Canada. Uh, and we've already mentioned the job openings to the JOLTS numbers as well and a, a couple of uh, a Fed speakers and, of course, uh, earnings season as well, including Caterpillar, which, uh, you know, is a, a bellwether stock. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on all of that. But uh, good to have you. And uh, we'll catch you again soon, Rodrigo. Thanks. Thanks, Phil. Cheers. Well, we'll see what the day brings. Hopefully, Nancy Pelosi will go somewhere else on our Asia trip, and that'll calm things down a bit. But we'll see. We'll be back again for another edition of The Morning Call tomorrow morning. I'm Phil Dobby for now. See you then.